0: I'm bringing sexy back. (laughs) All right, girls, it's almost Valentine's Day. What a better time to talk about sex. What a better audience to talk about sex to. I am actually tired of talk shows and books and interviews talking about dating and sex and teens and sex. We should be the ones talking about sex hot steamy married sex just the way God designed it have you ever read Song of Solomon let me read a few verses for you it is not just about Jesus in the church it's about a lover and his beloved Ver, uh, chapter 2 verse 3 his fruit is sweet to my taste 7 7 and 8 your stature is like that of the palm, and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruit. <laughs> Pretty steamy. My favorite one is one that Will has quoted to me many times throughout the year. Throughout the years, 31 years together. Uh, chapter 7, verse 2. Your waist is a mound of wheat. <laughs> that all of us are having good, hot, steamy, married sex. If you are, keep it up. But I have a feeling in a group this size that there are quite a few of you sitting out there going, yeah, hot, steamy sex, not really so much. Uh, So I have a question. How many of y'all have described yourselves as a stay-at-home mom? How many of y'all have ever described yourselves as a working mom? How many of you have ever described yourself as a housewife? Oh, I'm surprised. Okay, good. My point is that our generation and your generation has been so obsessed with mothering that we have put wifing off to the side, and that is not a good and healthy thing. I am almost 5 years into an empty nest. My girls are 28 and almost 23. I remember one day years ago when it struck, suddenly struck me that the child-rearing years were a relatively short portion of our married life together. I made a little timeline. I don't know why. It, it, I mean, this is basic math. I've just never thought of it before. I have two girls and had Mary Lynn when I was 25. And Kathleen left for college when I was 49. I have decades of married life without children under my roof, if we lived to the ripe old age of 82. And that really kind of blew my mind. I guess I just thought when I was a young mom that, that you know, you're newlyweds for a few years, and then you have babies, and it's just mothering, you know, <laughs> forever. It's never going to end. Um, We have to be sure that we're taking care of our marriages and nurturing our relationships with our husbands. And one very important component of that is sex. I spit my gum out so my grandmother wouldn't be whirling in her grave, but my mouth is so dry now I'm having to drink water. All right, this is a book that I read a hundred years ago called Sheet Music, Un- uh, Uncovering the Secrets of Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. It's by Dr. Kevin Lehman. And I want to read to you a poem that's at the beginning of this book that really almost makes me tear up when I read it. So listen. It's called The Wall. The wedding picture mocked them from the table, these two whose minds no longer touched each other They lived with such a heavy barricade between them that neither battering ram of words nor artilleries of touch could break it down. Somewhere between the oldest child's first tooth and the youngest daughter's graduation, they lost each other. Sometimes she cried at night and begged the whispering darkness to tell her who she was. He lay beside her snoring like a hibernating bear, unaware of her winter. She took a course in modern art, trying to find herself in color splashed upon a canvas, complaining to other women about men who are insensitive. He climbed into a tomb called The Office, wrapped his mind in a shroud of paper figures and buried himself in customers. Slowly, the wall between them rose, cemented by the mortar of indifference. One day, reaching out to each other, they found a barrier they could not penetrate and recoiling from the coldness of the stone each retreated from the stranger on the other side for when love dies it is not in a moment of angry battle nor when fiery bodies lose their heat it lies panting exhausted expiring at the bottom of a wall it could not scale. We all know people that this has happened to. Slowly, quietly, a wall is built. Wives pour themselves into the children. Husbands pour themselves into their career. Communication is limited to this week's soccer practice or who's going to take the car in for an oil change. Intimacy gets put on the back burner. Girls, we cannot let that happen. We've got to be intentional about making intimacy a priority. Nothing says, I love you, louder and clearer to a husband than sex. It's true. It's how God wired them. Their always-on mentality is honestly how they're made. It's not that they're being adolescent or annoying. It's simply a fact. God must think it's important for husbands to be physically attracted to their wives, or he would not have wired them that way. I think some of us may need to adjust our attitudes when it comes to our sex lives. Dr. Lehman says, more important than your breast size, more important than your waist size, more important than the length of your legs is your attitude. The vast majority of men would rather have a wife who's a little on the plain side but has a sexually available attitude Than a drop-dead gorgeous woman who treats her husband like ice, constantly freezing him out. Okay, think about it. We women are wired to be verbal. There have been studies done watching little girls playing together and little boys playing together. If you have girls, you know, when little girls are playing together, they're talking, and they're talking to the baby, and they're making their Barbies say things to each other, and they're talking to each other, and they're getting dressed up and talking about where they're going. Mothers of boys, what do boys do when they play together? (laughs) They make noise. (laughs) Yeah, they make noise. So we verbal women, imagine if you were longing for your husband to communicate, to engage in meaningful conversation, and he said... Sorry, honey, talk just doesn't interest me as much as it does you. Just be quiet and leave me alone. I'm really not in the mood. You would be so hurt, wouldn't you? That's exactly what we do when we tell our husbands that we're not interested in sex. The big difference is we can call a girlfriend and talk it out. Our husbands have nowhere else to go for sexual intimacy. Do you know what sex's greatest enemy is. Now my girls know because we talked about it. Sex's greatest enemy is not weight gain, not a lack of information, nor is it financial troubles or having young children around the house. In fact, the greatest enemy of sex among women is weariness. One woman's magazine puts it best. What's the first thing to go when you're busy, tired, and stressed? If you said sex, <laughs> you're not alone. An estimated 24 million American women say they don't have time or too exhausted or just aren't in the mood for sex. And more than a third of Red Book readers say that being too tired is their number one excuse for not having sex. So we put it off for later, but later can easily become never. So what can we do to remedy this situation? Dr. Lehman says, if you want a great sex life, you have got to protect your schedule. And I will add to that, you've got to protect your energy. If you are continually too tired for sex, then you're too busy. If you truly want to make your family life and your sexual life more meaningful, you're going to have to give up a few things. No more running around five out of five weekday evenings. I'd say if you're gone more than two evenings a week, something needs to give. I know that y'all are in a season of an extremely busy and demanding time of your lives and have a million things pulling at you every day. So in order to make sex a priority, you may need to schedule it in, just like your tennis group or getting your nails done. Now I know that sounds terribly unromantic, but it doesn't have to be. Anticipation can be a powerful thing. You can flirt, leave a note in his briefcase, send him a text telling him he'd better get ready because it's Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Order pizza so you're not stressed out over dinner. Make time for a bubble bath. Your husband will be so happy to put the children to bed. Turn off the TV and go to bed early. Here's another quote. By your willingness, attitude, and words, you can make your husband feel like the luckiest man on the planet. That is a powerful thing that we wives have. That's a lot of power with our words, and the converse is true as well. So while we're being practical, I have a couple of suggestions. Put a lock on your bedroom door and use it. Get children and pets out of your bed. Don't set the children's bedtime for when they're ready to go to bed. Set it according to when you want them to go to bed. And if they're not tired, give them a flashlight and a book. Say goodnight. I encourage you to think about other things that will help put you in the mood. Lingerie, a back rub, candles, cologne, the bubble bath we talked about earlier, something to help you relax and start to think about your husband and not just your list of things to do for the day. Who says you need to go out on a date night? Send your kids to grandma's or over to the neighbors and do it then. Be creative. And finally, if you and your husband are in a bad place, if you're emotionally hurting, if you're dealing with trust issues, if porn has become an issue in your marriage, go to a counselor. Y'all, we have amazing resources right here in Memphis, Tennessee. We have resources right here at this church. Anybody who has known me more than five minutes <laughs> knows I am so, such a fan of counseling. It is a wonderful gift and a tool that uh, God has provided for us with Christian counselors, like I said, right here in Memphis. Layla Todd, Jonathan's Todd's wife, I've been to her. She's amazing. She is it's the best use of your time that you will ever have. In one hour, she will connect dots that would take you 10 years to connect. Think about it. It's 100% worth it, and it's an investment in your marriage. Think of this. If you were diagnosed with cancer today, you would drop everything and do whatever it takes to find a cure. Doesn't matter how much it costs. Doesn't matter how inconvenient it is. Doesn't matter if I have to just pitch my calendar for the next couple of weeks. That would be your priority. Y'all, some of our marriages have cancer. And one of the symptoms of an unhealthy and potentially dying marriage is there's nothing going on in the bedroom doing what it takes to find out why and bring healing and intimacy back into your marriage is such a gift that you can not only give to you and your husband but to your children as well. So, in closing, I want to say, hang in there. 40-something sex really can be hotter than 20-something sex. And empty nest sex is way better than nest full of preschooler sex. And retired sex... I can't wait to find out.